Hello and welcome to the Points of Rue podcast. I'm joined by a returning guest and James, I looked just before we started recording, it's almost three years to the date that we uh, we actually recorded our last episode during uh, what was the first COVID lockdown. Um, so I'm joined by James yeah. Fox of Fox Brewing again. How are you doing, mate? You okay? Yeah, very good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, I'm very good, thank you. I'm good, to be good, back, good to be back. Good to be back. It's been three years. That's gone fast, hasn't it? I know it's crazy. I, I, it's weird that sort of we we still talk about COVID, but then it's it almost seems like it went on forever, but then it also went so quick. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it just didn't disappear overnight, didn't it? After a couple of years, yeah. Mm. Yeah, mm. It's, it's kind of at the background of people's minds now. Thankfully, it's not it's not really a thing anymore. But yeah, to think those three no. years and and all the things we went through during those times, yeah, definitely. crazy how things have changed and where we are now and certainly for, for me this was a a side gig um it still is but yeah. it led to it led to me getting a job in in the in the beer world so it's all yeah yeah all changed all good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Same yeah. Home brewing started out just with during lockdown obviously all the good beer went very quickly when supermarkets were chaos as they were mm. so then i i got um i've been doing extra kits on and off you know what i mean and i had um one of the brooklyn brew kits from Brewdog. Been sat in my spare bedroom for months and all that, right? I'll brew that because I've got no other beer in the house yeah. and it just snowballs from there, you know. I mean, <laughs> as you know, yeah, it's how, how things start, though, mate. Isn't it? It's one of these things that it's, yeah, seems like it starts at a small, a small scale, which obviously you you are, which we'll, we'll come on to probably first and yeah. foremost because mm-hmm. probably people that have listened to the, to the podcast before will probably have listened to the show previously. Um, but for the benefit yeah. of people who who haven't, we'll, we'll briefly touched on, or we'll briefly touch on um, yourself and, and how it came to be. So, yeah, you you now have a, a bit more of a semi-professional yeah. setup uh, at the garage, but it's still very yeah, small scale. Kind of, yeah, hey, uh, Totten, homebrew scale, small scale, semi-professional, whatever you want to call it, yeah. So <laughs> I only brewed up to 30 litre batches, but it's all great. I do it off from scratch. Uh, I've got a reverse osmosis system, so I treat my water. Uh, strip it back to zero minerals, build the profile up to whatever beer style I'm brewing. And I've got my kegerator now, so I was bottling back then with putting farming sugar in the bottles to re-ferment it to get the CO2. Uh, I've got CO2 panzers now, I've got counter pressure bottle fillers, so it's, it's some setup I've got in my garage, but it's, yeah, like I said, it just snowballs. So I've got my kegerator, so I've got three taps and a refrigerator with kegs inside. Um, I do bottle some up, obviously, send something yourself, uh, but mainly it's kegging now, so just... It's got kind of like a tap room in the garage as well now, rather than just a brewery. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's great. It's, you know, if, I mean, certainly if I had a garage, I've said it many times before, it's certainly something that yeah. I would definitely do because obviously it's the cost associated with it and the time element of things. That, But by the same token, when you work it out, what the spend on average beer is now, especially now considering everything that's gone on in the yeah. industry, which we'll, we'll come on to, it, it yeah, probably yeah, works out overall cheaper in in the long term to to make itself doesn't it i imagine yeah depend on far into you get how much you want to equipment you want to buy <laughs> to be honest i think i'm pretty much done with my equipment what i want to buy now so mm. all my cost now is my ingredients my malt my hops my yeast um because all my equipment's paid for mm. so when i when i first kind of went for it and like built my keg rate and things like that and when i actually well, kept coming to how we start the home group when I went to the first home group for me, I realised that I wasn't the only one in the area with a similar setup in my garage. Mm. It's quite refreshing. 
because uh, quite a few, it's quite an underground hobby as well. You don't know, not many people do homebrewing as a hobby. Yeah, I've noticed. Yeah, it's one of the mm-hmm. things that you think homebrew was a thing probably what 20, 30, maybe plus years yeah. ago. And then it everyone started it in the then they brewed it in the air and cooked, you know what I mean? But thankfully, I was coming a long way since then. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, I use my Instagram for my, for my brewing. And over in America and Australia, it's massive over there. Mm. Everyone home brews. And over in the UK, it's not really, like you say, it's quite an underground scene. Mm. Um, so it's quite, quite refreshing to meet other people through the homebrew club that are as active, as, as um, keen as, as I am with it. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, mm. it? like you say, that. Because I mean, especially in America, that they you you probably say that they've got as as at least a larger beer scene in in their country as if not larger than what we've got here. Certainly, you know, you think of all the big oh, breweries that we've got there, and I suppose mm-hmm. maybe there is the sort of the the shipping and the sort of the size of the country side of things that maybe and maybe to a certain extent Australia as well. To be fair, because obviously think how big Australia is, and most people live on the mm-hmm. the coast of Australia. And there's nothing in the middle. Obviously, it's a long nothing way to get. Yeah, it's a long way to yeah. get beer sent to. So maybe that's that's maybe part of the reason. Whereas for us, like like we're going to talk about the beer that you kindly sent sent to me uh, this mm-hmm. week. Is that you know we can st- literally stick it in a box and it's there within a couple of days. Whereas in America and Australia, it's, you've probably especially and you know that's taking out the conditions of you know the temperature and the humidity and things which again will probably I mean, generally doesn't travel well at all does it no you know so look in this country it's overnight two days and it's, it's not going to damage it that much but when it's on the back of a lorry going across different continents and god knows what temperature mm. the, you know the quality of your world deteriorate massively yeah yeah, well, this is it, and you know we're in the midst of a, a mini heat wave at the moment, but it's very few and far between in this country. Generally, it's pretty, pretty cool. Generally speaking, in this country, yeah, it's usually <laughs> it's usually yeah. pretty safe when you're when you're sending it, and like you say, it's only having a couple of days. That's maybe goes probably what hundred and fifty mile, probably from point to point between us. So yeah. it's not it's not far when you think about it. Is it really? Maybe not even that. No, no it's probably not even that to be mm-hmm. fair. So. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll come we'll come on to the the first beer, um, James, which we yeah mm-hmm. it brings us quite nicely too, which um, we've we've started respectfully uh, with the forty hour uh, New England IPA that you've done recently. Yeah, uh, so it mm-hmm. comes in at three point five percent. So you've labelled it as a a neat, but also a table beer because it's almost it's one of them, it, this is what I I love about sort of beer and craft beer is that you'd argue at three and a half it could be a pale ale, but then it's a table beer, but then it's a it could have been many cabbage, couldn't it? Yeah. yeah. The idea was like a new England pale, but three and a half percent, nice inception of up to this weather. Mm. And the idea of turning around in two days was that I had two fruit, had two days spare, I was off work, and I had an empty keg with no beer in it. And I had some Quebec yeast, which you can ferment it as high as 40 degrees and it would rip through the beer in 12 hours, which I did. Mm. Um, worrying that I was going to get, I was quite worried that I was going to get off flavours in it with it fermenting so high at temperature. Mm. But you'll be the judge of that if there's any off flavors in it. No, I mean, I when I when I first poured, well, when I first cracked the bottle and smelled it, I was like, that's very, very aromatic. So, like you say, there's nothing been sort of lost mm-hmm. in the in the aroma. Certainly, then when oh, no. when when you look at it, I mean, it's a lovely, you know, sort of orangey, amber hue, and it's lovely. Yeah, you know, it's it's, it's not as hazy as I would have wanted. Um, just get the recipe up now. But yeah, it's not as hazy as I would have wanted. I use citra and brew one hops with it. 
Mm. Um, the dry hop ratio was 7.62 grams per litre, um, which is quite moderate, really. Uh, mm. I could have used it a lot more. But I think the fact that when I... So what I did, once I pitched the yeast, or, uh, on, it was about 10 p.m. at night when I finished brewing it. Mm-hmm. I went in the garage at 10 a.m. the next morning, and it was full high crowls, and it was it was fermenting. It was, the yeast was ripping through it, so I dry hopped there and there. But then, then because I cold crashed it straight away, I don't think the hops had much of a contact time with the beer. Mm. So it might have had something to do with it not being so hazy for a New England, but that's my only gripe with it, if I'm honest. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's one of them. It's like you say, the, the benefit of you doing it on the scale you do especially is that rather than trying yeah. to do it 48 hours, maybe do it in 72 hours, you know, three days to make a beer is still incredibly, it's so good, yeah. incredibly yeah. fast, you know, to get a mm. a product like that in particular. You know, it's like you say, the mm. haze-wise, I've seen a lot less hazy beers, you know, from bigger breweries and beers that have probably taken the standard sort of 10 to 12 days to ferment and condition and I've tasted a, a, a lot worse beers than that as well do you know what I mean right. <laughs> it's very like you say it seems like a modest hopping ratio but then obviously Kvike yeah. brings about it flavours itself so I suppose the Kvike yeast adds flavours itself that boost those flavours from the yeah. hops as well mm-hmm. so it's I mean I you know you, you, I wouldn't know it was three and a half percent you know certainly wouldn't know it's three and a half percent no, no I'm quite, normally when you get Anything less than four percent, it tastes quite thin. I feel, mm. especially on a homebrew level. Um, but the, I, I use a pack of grain with oats and wheat, so to give it quite thick a mouthfeel. Mm. Uh, so, not I'd be surprised if many people could taste that. And, yeah, that's a, a low ABV beer. Mm. But like you say, though, for for this weather, certainly, like you say, it's not it's not smacking your face with flavour. It's quite subtle in its approach to it, but because it's yeah. You know, 26, 27 degrees out with the minute, that makes this sort yeah. of beer and style and, you know, call it a table beer, call it a, a pale ale, whatever you want to call it. It's That's what mm-hmm. this sort of beer was made for, isn't it? Yeah, yeah this is yeah, what it's made definitely. for. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I can't see that cake lasting very long, to be honest, in this weather. So <laughs> I mean, the fact that, I mean, because you brewed this, we're recording this on the on Friday, and you did you do this last week? Is that it was right? last week. Let's have a look. Uh, yeah, I think it was no more than 10 days ago I brewed it. I'm surprised there's any left at all, mate, if I'm being completely honest. <laughs> so what was the date I brewed it on? 62. Date we on today. It was 10 days ago, yeah. Mm. I brewed it, so that was on the brew day. So normally some of the yeast that you use, the beer's still fermenting in the main fermenter right about now. Yeah, yeah. And I've done half a keg and I've keep the fish stuff. So. I was going to say, you'd probably still be dry up in it and all sorts at this point, wouldn't you? So, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. mm. um, obviously you've had the benefit of drinking it when after it was ready then, like say 10, 10 days ago that you brewed it. So two days after, so eight yeah. days ago probably was the first time you tried it. Over those eight yeah. days, how, has, it, has it changed much? Have you noticed much of a, a change? I think it's mellowed out a bit. It's mellowed out a bit. It was quite green for the first couple of days. Just because obviously it will have had some hot matter in suspension and stuff like that. Mm. That's all dropped out now. And it's, yeah, I'm really happy with how it's turned out. Really happy. I'm going to brew it again. Yeah, 100%. I mean, if I could brew something like that at home and have it done in two days, like, there would literally be no reason to buy beer again. You know, that would yeah. be it. You know, that would be it. Two a lot days of the, time. A lot of the purists don't agree, though. A lot of purists don't agree with Kavai Keast. You know what I mean? They don't think it's 
real beer if you can turn it around that quick but and ferment it that high temperature but i'm all for it <laughs> well the thing is though it's one of them things i mean i don't know how it would translate into a commercial size brewery or even into say you know a you know, five brewers barrel, not even a massive brewery, but you know, a five yeah. brewers barrel kit. Surely, in this, you know, challenging market and with cost of things and what have you, it's like if you can make a beer like that in two days, then yeah. I've noticed a lot of breweries are using Kavite now and selling that as a Kavite IP or Kavite Pale Ale. Mm. I've started to see that coming to the market a bit more over the past couple of years, whereas before they wouldn't even get a mention what yeast was in the beer. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there's a big, there's a big thing on yeast at the minute, though, isn't there? Because I know thiols seem to be all the, the rage in terms of sort of the, the buzzword of that is seems to be thiols at the moment and thiol yeah, yeah. and thiol releasing yeast mm. and so on and so forth. So I think yeast has maybe got a bit more attention than, because you know, even you know, going back to maybe four or five years that I've been doing this, you only really got a mention of yeast and having a flavour profile for things like. Saisons, you know, or Belgian beers or right. German beers, because they, yeah. you know, like a, a Hefeweizen give you banana clove, bubblegum Saison, give you all the barnyard flavors. And that was really well, <laughs> your continental style yeast gives you that. But then yeast otherwise didn't really necessarily get a mention. Yeah, mentioned, like, yeah. yeah. So it's, mm-hmm. well, it's one of them things. It's almost like the, you know, the building blocks of what makes a beer is it's the same with malt in some respects. You know, malt lends more than just sugar you know fermentable sugar to beer but it's all these building blocks mm-hmm. that provide little flavors and nuances that add to the overall experience that that give it that and like yeah. say you know without that yeast you'd you'd just kill a normal brewer's yeast strain wouldn't you if you tried brewing it at that temperature oh, definitely. yeah that's what i mean that's what we're looking at doing in, in the home brew club and um, we're going to have like a called a smash off so smash single malt single hop so pale malt and mosaic hops for example but we're going to tell everyone just to brew a beer with those ingredients. Use whatever yeast you want and yeah. just see what different beers people turn up with. Because you can have people turn up with lagers, with IPAs, with saisons, with sours, with, with, with anything, you know what I mean? Yeah. But with the same mountain hops, to, just to show what difference the yeast does make. Be yeah. yeah, this is it. And mm. it we, we chatted about this, me and Aaron, a little bit with like the, the cold IPA episode, for example. It's like, I think mm. sometimes people get like you say, with oh, it's not proper yeast or it's not a proper beer. I think people sometimes get too caught up in the, you know, the the nitty gritty and well, it's not this, it's not that. It's mm. just, well, yeah, but that's what craft beer is. It's a, it's a spectrum. You know, it's a spectrum of yeah. beers, and there's no, you know, as much as the BJCP has style guides, their style guides. It's not a this beer must have this, this must be have that, and there's so many grey areas in between. And like I say, like a cold IPA, there's massive debates about what makes cold oh, IPA, massive, cold IPA yeah. not an IPL and blah 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 and so on is it the whole of the podcast for another day that comes yeah, this, yeah this is it you know and but I, I, that's what I like it, it gets people talking mm-hmm. and it gives you nuances because like you say you can say right go brew an IPA and you'll have so many different versions of IPA and pale and sour and stout and lager and mm-hmm. all these different things and it's just like you say that you'll say right you can have a single malt and a single hop but use all sorts of different weird and wonderful things in between and yes on paper yeah. you know 50 60 maybe 70 percent of that beer is all going to be identical but they'll all be different it's brilliant yeah yeah great isn't it yeah it's brilliant and and it's it, mm-hmm. uh, i hope in some respects as we sort of venture into a bit about the industry is that because of the things that are going on in in the world and the industry in terms of 
cost of ingredients, gas and electric prices, yeah. rates and rents and changes in duty, which, yeah. you know, beers like this might, I think are definitely going to come more into their element because the duty is changing. And so I think it's above eight, seven, eight percent, I think, is it that's going to get massively kicked for duty? You know, the, oh, is it? everyone's going to go dip this and tip this and no one. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> it. They've got to become uh less see you know you know going to be seen less often now like they were maybe sort yeah. of pre-covid and become more of a a once or twice a year gig because people can't afford to right. brew it and i think people are going to need to turn to to this this sort of style of beer that well mm. i can i can pack a load of flavor in a low percentage beer i don't need to you know dip is nice dip is great but yeah, yeah. That, that's going to sell in volume you know to to trade through a tap room through whatever yeah that that is going to fly out because people can have four pints of that and still be relatively sensible, you know. Whereas yeah, dippers, yeah. you have half a dipper and that's probably enough for anybody. Do you know what I mean? So it's. Yeah. I, but I hope mm. the I hope the creativity <laughs> isn't lost and people don't just see it as creativity is being lost, but try and just be creative in in different ways. And I think that's the the great thing about you being involved with the homebrew club and and things is that mm. you can do that. You know, you you can do that. Yeah. And you you brew it for yourself and other people, like like you send out, and to swap at the the meetings and so on and so forth. But mm-hmm. you, you can just well, I've got I've got two days to make a beer. Let's 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 have a crack at it. Do you know what I mean? It's just yeah, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where, yeah. Where did where, where um, did the where did the idea come from though? Where did you? Uh, well, I've, I've just had an empty keg and I thought, how quick can I turn a beer around? Mm. You know, um. I've seen on the on the crap beer channel, they did it in 36 hours. He's got a glycol chiller, mm. which I don't have. I'm using a refrigerator to chill down. Mm. Uh, my equipment's a bit more basic, is it? And I just thought, how quickly can I do it? So I set myself a 48 hour challenge. And to be honest, I think I could have done it a couple of hours quicker if I had the time. Mm. Um, but I didn't, but yeah. So 48 hours, I got it turned around in. I thought, I thought I'd seen somebody attempt something and I couldn't say who but craft beer channel makes probably makes sense to know they're they're quite heavily involved with doing their own beers and home brewing out there as well as all the other yeah yeah bits and mm-hmm. pieces they do so I mean I mean 36 hours is a like say if you've got the um, pro- yeah proper gear then I suppose it makes it infinitely more easy doesn't it but yeah it's still you know 40 hours like you say if you've got to shave a couple of hours off if you had the opportunity I think so no 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 yeah I've attempted it now I get it done maybe not quite 36, but I do a give it a good book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, what would be far behind? Yeah, so and it, yeah. It, would you change anything in terms of the recipe then? Would you change the hops and do different varieties of it, or would you be quite happy to maybe leave it as I it think is? I'm quite happy with the, the, uh, with the hops that are in it, citron brew one, brew one. I think they work well together. I think I dry a bit more, and maybe if I could, like I said, Extend it to like three days so I get a longer dry hop among your contacts and with the hops. Because mm. uh, it was really rushed. As soon as I dry hopped, about 6,000 was cold crashing it, so they were just dropping out mm. at a low temperature. So they didn't get much contact time. So that's probably the only thing I would change is the dry hop amount and time. Mm. And what, would that necessarily mm. change the ABV then? Would that maybe increase it slightly? No, no, the ABV would be, the ABV would be exactly the same from the dry hop. Um, it would just be. More aroma and a bit more haze, hopefully next mm. time. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I think I think that's cracking though to 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 be able to do something 
like that at home. It, it definitely makes me jealous that I, I don't have the the time or the space to, to do it. Yeah. So I, I definitely <laughs> would. But uh, yeah, they're definitely in the house now. Not not a chance now. We've got a, a one-year-old on the verge of uh, walking around the house and causing all sorts of carnage. No. Pots and pans. Yeah, definitely, need a, and, yeah, definitely need a shed or a garage or something. But... Mm. Oh, 100%. Yeah, it'd have to be some, they'd yeah. have to be one hell of a shed as well. It'd have to be a pretty good, pretty good shed. Yeah, it would be, yeah. So, uh, some of the some people that grew in the UK, some of their brew sheds are phenomenal. They're like mm. actual tap rooms in the back garden. That's once we do move house eventually, that's my, my aim. All I want is a big garden. My only stipulation on the house is a big enough garden, monstrous brew, brew shed at the back of the garden, which yeah, is my yeah. space. <laughs> yeah. No, you do right, mate. It's, it became one of them things during. Covid, didn't it? That well, if I can't go to the pub, then I'll I'll bring the pub, bring the pub yeah, to me. Home, yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And I think a lot of people still do it, you know. And I think it's become a, you know, a, a more social thing. Whereas obviously it couldn't be during Covid, but certainly now, why you coming down to ours? And like you say, you can have a like, you know, just one tap of that, or like you say, you've got three with kegerator, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Three taps is enough, plenty enough for most people to to go through of an evening, isn't it? And then. Yeah, plenty of choice. Yeah. Trace, yeah. That'd be that'd be cracking. Mm. So obviously you 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 work um do, do you work a you know, like shifts or so that takes up a lot of time. Yeah, well, shift, yeah. Room, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, so two day shifts, two night shifts, four days off, and then so on carries on. We get holidays, so get plenty of time off to brew. Uh, works well. So obviously when I do my two day shift, I've got twenty four hours off before going for night. So that's normally my my brewing time on that day. Mm. If I do brew, yeah, it's just making it a night just with having a little man. It's when he's two now, so when he's in bed, that's when I brew. So sometimes I'm in the garage, so one, two, one, and when I've got a brew one. Mm. Yeah, yeah. you just got to do it when you find uh, find a bit of time. That's, that's it, when you get the bit time, yeah. Yeah. Mm. So how often... Have to, the, the home brew. Sorry, carry on. No, what were you going to say, mate? I was just going to say, obviously, we've got the home brew club. We have a monthly meeting there um, that we go to. We always have that on a, like a Sunday towards the end of the month. Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually started by... Alex Bossels from Burnett Brewing, who we've had on the show. Mm. When he was a, a home brewer, like all the all, all of us at the pub, but he's since obviously gone to our show. He's absolutely smashing it. Um, and he obviously handed the reins over himself and a guy called Chris Heron. He's on Instagram, Skernside Brewer. Um, and the club's grown massively since then. We've got 12 regular members who turn up every month mm. uh, from around the area, bringing all sorts of amazing beers that have won awards and you know different competitions. Um, and we've also got something in place with Alex now so it's it just when he can fit his into brew schedule we're going to do a collaboration brew with BNF Brew and Antiside Home Brew Club um, so we're working it out because obviously he started the Home Brew Club so it's quite a quite a, a probably for us to do a collaboration with him mm. um, we wanted a brew for the area to ask and we just immediately thought go to Alex so on the, on the tap the idea is on the tap label and on the can label there'll be a QR code you can scan that or go to the Home Brew Club's Facebook group on Facebook. Nice. Doing it. Yeah, just ideas at the moment, but it's just when Alex has got a pretty busy brew schedule coming up, so um, and we're all busy, but it's just when we can get it done. Well, he's obviously, like you say, he's got a busy brew schedule, but he's also got a very busy uh, busy work schedule, because I think he's on, is he, he said in the last pod, he's on the verge of being away for quite a significant period of time, isn't he? So he's having to... Yeah, he is, yeah. Looking at getting so somebody in to help out. Hmm. Yeah, he's absolutely smashing it. Considering he started out brewing when I did about three years ago, he's absolutely smashing it. 
Yeah. All the, all the around here, all the can shops and everything, his cans are in there. He always fly off the shelf, so he's doing well. And I suppose in some respects, you, you know, you technically could still call him a home brewer, couldn't you, really? Because, he, again, he's out of his garage, isn't he? So. Yeah, it is, yeah. I think he's got a three or four hundred metres set up he's got, something like that. Um, but, yeah, in his garage, he's jumped his pack tight with a full brewery in there, yeah. Mm. yeah. It is crazy that, you know, somebody can go... F- from from like yourself to to doing it to mm-hmm. doing it commercially, but then like him as well, finding all that time to still work in the military as he does, and then find time to make beer, sell beer, deliver beer, go to festivals like he does and what have it. It's like, yeah. I, does he does he have one day that lasts seventy two hours? Because if he does, then I'd I'd, I'd like well, one of them. Days I know, I mean, yeah, I mess- <laughs> yeah, I messaged him today and then I was on this podcast, and he said that he he beat the work and he he can he just Canned and labelled up 831 cans off work mm. <laughs> by hand. Like, yeah. I yeah, he said, you're 72 hours in. How does he do it? <laughs> yeah. It's just mad, isn't it? It's just it's, I mean, the time, but then mm. energy as well. Like you say, you've done a full day's work to then do that afterwards on his own. You know, it's just like, it's it's nuts. It's absolutely crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Mm. But one, I, I can't remember if we discussed this, James, when we when we last chatted, but you, when you sort of set out on your, your home brewing journey, I can't remember if you said, you had any sort of inclination or intention to ever do it in any sort of yeah, capacity? Yeah, I did. I had every, every intention of doing it. I set the limited company up for brewing. Um, but then just like, I've gotten away, having kids, we're getting married. Um, you know, so it just, I mean, I'm happy with it being a hobby, an advanced hobby at that. But yeah, I think it's just going to stay that because I'm in a, in a solid job at the moment. So, you know, it is what it is. And I don't have, I have limited free time anyway. But I'm, just happy with it being a hobby. Run the home brew club now. Um, enter competitions. Just enjoy it. Mm. I think this is the thing, mm. though, isn't it? You don't have any stress or any pressure, or you don't have you don't need it to make money. And if you did ever sell a little bit at any point, you know, if it makes a bit of money or yeah. pays itself back for that particular batch, then happy days. But yeah, I think in many respects, it's probably the best best way to be at the moment. Like you say, you, you've had. You know, like we said, COVID in the way, then let's say you had little learning, and then you know, getting married and things, yeah, and yeah. Life in general, it's if you just want to drop it and say, Look, I can't brew for a month, or you know, as hard as it might be, I can't do it for any whatever length of period of time, then yeah, you know, you know, it's not great, but you know, there's nothing relying on it or depending on it, you're not needing it to make ends, yeah, 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 bills, I, don't so. yeah. mm. I don't know, maybe it's something I'll look in the future, but for now, it's just going to stay a hobby. You know, yeah, yeah, no, it's, so, it's perfectly fine, mate. And, and like you say, when, when you're making beers like you are, and when things are tighter than usual, if you can turn a beer around in two days like that, then there's there's, there's no real need to, to buy it. Beer yeah. again. <laughs> no, that, that's brilliant. <laughs> what, what's the what's the thoughts and feelings of other people in the homebrew club? Then? Are, they the, are they the same? Are they just as happy staying as they are, like you? Or, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, Every home rules line, if they say they've, they've never had a thought of going commercial with it, because we all do. When we, when you first taste your, your first brew that you've done all grain from scratch, looking back, they were probably tasting horrendous three years ago, not having much knowledge on it. But you think it tastes amazing, you think, right? I'm going to do this. Every home brewer has that thought initially. Hmm. But I just think with a lot of people, they've got steady jobs. It's just a hobby, it just yeah. stays as a hobby. And it's good with a homebrew club as well. Um, just meeting people with similar interests because you, you realise that everyone 
not everyone wants to talk about beer as much as we do. Me, yourself, people in the industry, you know what I mean? So when you meet up monthly with people, like-minded people, just to drink a bit of beer and talk about beer, that's all you need. Yeah, that's it. it just it, 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 It's such a wonderful thing. It's almost, we say it a lot at, at work at the shop, is that it like the beer in the glass doesn't, you know, it does matter, but sometimes it doesn't matter because that's just the that's the middle ground or that's what's brought you together. But then like you say, the conversations around it yeah. and meeting people and talking about it and things, it's the beer is almost irrelevant sometimes because that's just the you yeah, know, common yeah. ground or what have you. But it, it, like I say, it is important, but you, you, you probably go on and talk about many different things beyond beer and meeting people that you never would have crossed paths with before. And it's just an incredible way yeah, of definitely. bringing people together into it. It's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're all starting off to meet people from the internet when you're younger through craft beer and home brewing. I've met many people from the internet to meet up for a pint, you know, people need uh, other home brewers and they've done a bottle swap and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So it does bring people together, doesn't it? Yeah, it's it's weird, it's, but that's just that's just life now, isn't it? You know, even yeah, sort of pre yeah. pre COVID and it's a Facebook groups, Instagram, Twitter forums, whatever. It's like, oh yeah, I'm, you know, now I won't. But an island saying, oh, I'm just going to go meet so-and-so and what have you, wherever. I've never met him before in my life, but at a festival or what have you. No, I'm going to go meet up, whereas before, it's just like, you're going to do what? You're like, you're yeah, 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 yeah. You just didn't some, before, did it? <laughs> yes, some random person from the internet. Are you mental? But now it's like, oh, you're just going to go meet so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. And it's, it's great. But again, you can, you know, you can, we, like like we are now, we, we're chatting, you know, we've never met. And hopefully we, we, we do at some point in time. But yeah, hopefully we will, yeah. We're having mm-hmm. like this chat now and never met before, but we can just chat about beer and waste a, an hour or two just you know, ultimately just talking rubbish and talking about beer, which is is brilliant. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's great, yeah. yeah it's, <laughs> it's amazing. But before we get sort of too uh too doe-eyed and too uh too emotional about it all, I think we'll um we'll take a short pause there and we will yeah. get the second beer which you kindly sent. Um, I need to go retrieve it from mm-hmm. the fridge. We will get that beer out. Yeah, no uh, we will get it poured and we'll have a chat about the second beer. Right, James, we are back. We have the second beer in the glass. And it's hard to decide if I'm more excited about this than the first one because this is a a black IPA. I know it's your style, isn't it? Yes, yeah. it is. The, the, lesser, the lesser spotted black IPA, which is something that we... We we don't see enough. See, look at like resurgence about a year ago, and then kind of died off a bit. I noticed as well. Quite a few breweries were trying with them, but then no one's bothered since. No, it's I think it's in the quiet place, isn't it? There's a few, only, only a few was that do appreciate a black beer. Yeah, and it, and it's odd that that I do like it, given that obviously my my dis, dislike towards stouts and dark beers in general overall that I would. <clears throat> lean towards something like this but as we were we just chatted about off air before we uh before we recorded this that black ipas kind of change and again even within this sort of definition of a uh, quote-unquote black ipa you get different variations yeah. of is it just like the, the like the the 48 hour new england it's as hoppy mm. as that but then dark or is it more smoky more malty and is it a is it yeah. a stout about four years ago, when I first had a black IPA, and it, the way it looked like a pint of Guinness tasted like a New England IPA, that was the whole gist of it. Mm. But as time went on, like it moved in like the 
a slightly hoppy stout territory, I've noticed. Mm. Um, I know it's quite hard, but you start to nail down. Um, but you, you're going to get some level of roastiness through from your dark malts. Yeah. That's inevitable, but I just think overly pack it with hops and you, you'll be fine. Yeah. It, 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 to me, which I know is obviously not what a stout is supposed to be, but to me, that it, it's if you told me a stout was that, you know, if you told me it was a hoppy stout, then I would happily, yeah. you know, happily drink it because I'd, the issue I have with stouts, which I've discussed many, many times before, is the the coffee flavors and that because I I don't yeah. drink coffee, I I don't like coffee and right. any stout, regardless if it says coffee or not, I'll find <laughs> it. And obviously, a vast majority of them lean into the coffee element because you get that roasted flavor, that coffee flavor from the malts naturally anyway. So a lot of them lean into it, which is completely understandable. I understand that you know I I don't yeah good them from doing it i appreciate the fact that people love them and enjoy them and you get the you know the all sorts of coffee ones and the espresso martini ones mm-hmm. and all manner of stouts in between but that it just it just doesn't do it for me and some of them sound great you know the sweet ones especially you know like amuns and renowned for the dessert in desserts in a can that were ridiculous yeah yeah it sounds incredible, and you saw some of them that were being poured were like engine oil. You know, the viscosity of them was yeah. insane. I, mean, I, I love it. I do love an empty stout, a 10 to 12% empty stout. I can only, I can only drink two of them, you know what yeah. I mean? But I, I also love a black idea as well. I've considered completely different beer styles, mm. whereas I've noticed as time's gone on, it's kind of got a lot closer to those two styles, and it's, yeah. it's tended to be more of a hoppy stout, so I've tried it. Drew this the way I did, just packed it with citron, mosaic, and I don't know, seven hops. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, you the, the first thing that like you're smelling it, I think it is quite a bit of a an, an equal blend between the the hops and the malt, like you say, because you get the, mm. the smoke and the malt like you do, because you can't avoid that from you know the malt yeah, that you use. Never, yeah. You get the sort of the tropical notes from the from the citron, the mosaic, and mm. The hops that have been used, but like you say, if you you plunk that in front of somebody, even a, a, a Guinness drinker, you know, you plunk that in front of, oh, it's just it's half a glass of Guinness, you know. They, they, yeah, they, yeah, <laughs> they'd probably believe it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the the flavour, the the hoppiness is, you know, comes through immediately, then sort of mellows out, and you get the you get the little, some roast on the back end, don't you? Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's not there immediately you know because some like you say some of them you get the the smokiness quite quickly and the roast and you know the roasted notes quite quickly but that lets the sort of the hops go and do the thing and then it just comes through at the end you get a little bit of a subtle bitterness from the from the malt again and but that is mm. yeah that's cracking you know that that is you know it's hard I, I I like them and the nuances that you get with each one because obviously you, you get that and the same with any style pails, IPAs, sours, all, yeah. all those weird and wonderful things. But I appreciate a black IPA in any form as long as it's not too far, like you say, the hoppy stout. We've just made a just stout and yeah. hopped it to death. And yeah. I, I remember that um, North Riding in Scarborough, they did, um, I can't remember how they listed it, I think it, I think Stu said it was like a coconut stout or or a sabro stout or something. 
And obviously they, they got the cut right. flavors from the Sabro and he said it basically was just a hoppy stout. And I never tried it because I never really was brave enough to, to try it. I didn't want to yeah, I, yeah. I didn't want to bite and try it and then say to him, Oh mate, sorry, I I, I didn't like it. But Not that, right. <laughs> yeah, it, he said that was basically they they'd hopped it to death with Sabro to get the coconut flavour, which is why it made it a coconut yeah. stout or coconut mm. porter, whichever one it was. But yeah, I'd like to have tried that because I love I love Sabro, I love the flavours that Sabro gives. I think it can I like Sabro. It gets a lot of hate in the home brewing and craft beer community, doesn't it, Sabro? Mm-hmm. I don't like it. Yeah. yeah no, no, no. Some people just don't like the coconut flavour gives off to them. Yeah, it's weird because if if I had, you know, like a bounty to me is the devil's work, you know, but, but that's because of the, the yeah. that's because of the texture. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I hate this. Take the dryness of it, I can't get away with, but Sabro, any beer with Sabro, I'll go straight for it, see it on yeah. the shelf. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. It's it's like desiccated coconut. I can't stand the texture of it in my mouth. Whereas if you had, mm. you know, like a, a coconut shampoo or anything that smells of coconut, I love it. Fantastic. I think coconut, you know, the flavor of coconut again is fantastic. But I think in pales and IPAs, you mix sabro and citra together. I think is a a phenomenal, phenomenal yeah. combo. You know, if, especially if you're sticking mm. it in a beer that's got the the oats and the sort of a, an added body. It just, you know, you get that bit of thickness and the you know, the citrus mm-hmm. flavours from the citrus and then the coconutiness, the creaminess, the pineapple from Sabro. I think it is phenomenal. I think the problem was that when it first came out is that nobody really knew how to use it and everyone oh, it tasted the soap. And I think yeah. was did was Chubbles one of the first sort of big ones that used it during lockdown? Sure. Um, and I think one of the variations is uh, Chubbles had Sabro in. And if I remember rightly, right. it, it was a bit soapy. And I think that's because, yeah. again, mm-hmm. they'd not used it at the right time or in the right quantity because right um, it was quite yeah. a new uh, a new hot to use and I think that might have put people off and run for it. Same with Talus, you know, when Talus first came out, I remember trying a North beer with that in it and thinking, oh my God, like it was so, like I love West Coast IP as well and like the pine, the you know, the yeah. resinous all uh, that. But yeah. it was almost piney to the point it was like like a toilet duck pine. You know, right. like, yeah, you know I know what I mean. mean. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, oh my God, if that's what Very Talus is. Like, yeah, you know, I'm I'm not gonna touch a beer with Talus in it ever again. But since then, I've had beers with Talus in it, and mm. you know, and it's been absolutely fine. So, again, I don't know if that's because it was when Talus was, you know, quite new and quite different that mm-hmm. it was just the volume that they put in there. But again, it's beers amazing that you drink a beer and get something completely different to me, but yet we like the same flavors, generally the same breweries, the same yeah, styles. Yeah. But mm-hmm. everyone's palate is unique to them, and if somebody says I get mango, I get pineapple, I get guava, I get passion for whatever, you, you can't, well, no, you don't, you're lying. Well, yeah, everyone you, says what's different, but different, how do you yeah. know? <laughs> you know, how do you know? Uh-huh. And that's the, you know, people get hit up about arguing about taste and, ah, oh, no, this is the best beer in the world. And, oh, I thought we we're all right. You know, a, a debate about the beer and yeah, things, yeah. but then, mm-hmm. yeah, you, know, you don't know what you're talking about. This is the best beer in the world. Well, yeah, to you, it is. To them, it, it, yeah. it might not be. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, you know, and, and I like I say West Coast IPAs. I think Pliny the Elder is one of the sort of the gold standard beers that you can ever drink. But then some people have it now and be like, "Well, I've had better ones." And it's like, well, because they've had other ones and examples that they probably do, and they've yeah. had Pliny prior, and obviously appreciate the sort mm-hmm. of the provenance and prestige that it's been brewed for maybe fifteen, twenty years, however long plus that. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it's been alive and kicking for. For so long, you know, and held a yeah. 
held a crown for so long. But no, black black IPAs, I yeah, uh, I, I love them. And you've, you've called it Dark City. Yeah. Is this your is this your homage to the Dark and Wild City that Northern Monk do, or is it something completely different? No, I found that watch recently called Dark City, and um, that people say the Matrix ripped off. Very right. similar, brought the year before the Matrix. Lots of similarities of maybe it's just a big coincidence, but I really enjoyed it. Mm. And then I, when I was brewing the Black IPA, it was on my mind. So Dark City is a good name for a Black IPA. Yeah, makes perfect. I actually brewed this. Last, I actually brewed this same beer last year with slightly different hops in it, the same recipe. And I entered in a London Amateur Brewers Home Brew Competition, and it scored forty two out of fifty in the BJCP judge, but it didn't win the award. It got entered into the Mini Bester Show. Well, if I can't do it, can't do much better than 42 out of 50 with it. So, I mean, it's it's mm. not a bad score to come away with, is it? 42 out of 50, really. No, no. It's, mm. it's, it's a pretty good effort, mate. To be fair, and I can I can completely, completely see why. I'd, I, I think was this the one that you, you tried to send me last time, but then the postman decided he was going to play football well, with it. Yeah, I think got smashed on route, didn't it? Oh, but, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think it was yours that it, it literally came to the door with it and it was just a soggy part like, like a soggy box. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, and it was my, my missus that answered the door. And I think it was when either when I was at the shop or my last job or whenever it won. Yeah. And she, it came to the door. Mm-hmm. I was like, do you still want it? And she was like, probably not. If it's, you know, yeah, some wet cardboard delivered to you. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a soggy <laughs> puddle on my floor. I'd, I'd rather not. Mm-hmm. But which is obviously as we just said in the in the last section about it's great that we can send beer so freely, but unfortunately they don't always take there is it. a risk involved, yeah. Yeah, they don't to be honest, I, mean, I, post, I post quite a lot of beer to other homebrewers on Instagram that I chat to and stuff. We do beer mails, you know, swap a few bottles, but I'd say about ninety five percent of the time it gets there okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's just that five percent of the time when it does get broken or it doesn't turn up. It's quite annoying knowing how much time we put into getting that brew, you know. Yeah, yeah. Package, package it up and get sent to them. So. We noticed this with the shop is that everything said we use APC um, for our shipping. And like say saying, 99% is fine. But then there'll come a week or whatever it is, and you'll maybe have three or four or whatever it is that all go wrong. And it's like you hear nothing, nothing, nothing. And then you get a bad patch of everything. Yeah. Just seems to be this has been damaged, it's been lost. And then it's like, Damaged, I can kind of understand in some respects because obviously, yeah, it's, but lost completely. The uh, lost is uh, how, yeah. how can something get lost? You know, it's just like, yeah, it got lost, but it tastes really nice. Yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I bet he had a great evening with that, didn't he? I bet he felt weight at boxing, like, yeah, because <laughs> we print, printed boxes for a lot of them, so it's in logo and it's like, right, just gonna have that. I like that brewery. Yeah, yeah, this might go missing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh dear, what a shame. It just didn't make it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just you know, like I say, the the damaged is, you know, an occupational hazard. It's just part and parcel of dealing with you know the, the nature of the beast and yeah. really. So I love really... to I mean there's a lot of home brooks now that have can seamers in the shed brew sheds and garages. Mm. Um so obviously you're reducing the risk of breakage of sending cans, but that's just uh, another purchase for another day further down the road. Yeah, well, I know that Aaron, um, who works with who does this podcast with me, is he yeah. works with Quirky Brewery, and they've just got the um, the same setup that pretty much that um, that Deadweight use. Um, he's got the beer gun and the, oh, yeah, I know them. Um, you know, he's got the beer mm-hmm. gun and the um, oh yeah, yeah what whatever the canning machine, the can- cannula, can- cannula, cannula, cannula can- yeah, yeah, because yeah. those guys, I spoke to them on Instagram. I'm just sat out brewing pretty much similar. 
same time as I did. Mm. Uh, seemed to be the beginning of lockdown. A lot of people did it, set up an Instagram page as if it was a, a full-time brewery, really just your hobby. And those those guys, they just they've gone for it. They, I think, think they're doing quite well, aren't they, commercially? They seem uh, to be, mate. Yeah, yeah. Really, still not in a home brew size setup. I think so. Fair play to them. Yeah, well, we've we've done a couple of batches for for the podcast and beyond, and to, to sell at Quirky, which right. we can't, um, we we can't do at the moment because of time and things, but. They they literally yeah. pretty much have the same kit as what the the pilot kit is at Quirky. And the pilot kit at Quirky is just um it's just a Brewzilla, you know. It's just a yeah, uh, all in one system, yeah. fifty liter, I think, all in one system. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. like you say, with the with the cannula, with the beer gun, and a CO two purge, and that that's yeah. all they're doing. I think I think they said that at the time, unless they've changed kit, the mo- the most amount of cans they got in one run was hundred cans, you know, and that's yeah. You know, yeah, that's to yeah. sell commercially through their web shop and to, you know, a smattering of uh, bottle shops to stock as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 100, you know, 100 cans is, is not a lot, you know what I mean? Which is... No, yeah, we'll sell them very quickly, yeah. Yeah, you know, which is, I suppose, is quite manageable <coughs> on a... Because I know the lads both work full-time. I think I think they're trying to sort of reduce yeah. it a little bit to part-time to maybe grow and expand a little bit, but... You know, hundred cans is mm-hmm. a little bit more manageable than uh, than Alex's eight hundred and thirty can in run that he has to package. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but so no, I think I, like, a lot of people that I spoke to on Instagram um started home brewing at the same time. I'm the only one who hasn't actually took it on professionally because um you know Crafty Carrington he's been on your yeah yeah, yeah he's been yeah. on your podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. he works as a powder monkey brewing company powder monkey mm-hmm. yeah. So he's doing it professionally working for them. Um, I think I'm the only one who's kept it as a as stayed as a home brewer. Yeah, yeah. You're looking at mm-hmm. looking at them enviously like uh oh, just wish wish it was me. Yeah, it's just yeah. Like, like you quality control test and you know. <laughs> I'll tell you what, mate, if you if you haven't if you haven't tried it, I managed to try it. The uh, the West Coast IPA from Powder Monkey. That that is uh, it's a superb beer that. It's incredible. Is it? Right. Oh, I don't yeah, want the Wesley. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very, mm. very nice. Yeah. He um okay. he uh it's very reminiscent of um that Sierra Nevada. Um I, I oh, right. yeah. when we when we drank it on the pod their um celebrations IPA that they do at the end of the year. They that right. very, very similar. Very, very similar. Um but mm-hmm. yeah, to to you know, for him to go and he was working, is it Portcullis? Or that, or he was working at a brew pub before. Then he went to Powder Monkey, didn't he, or what have you? But he yeah. was, yeah. He, he said it was more traditional ales that he was brewing then, and then he, I think he got bought by his new one. So he's gone there, and he's he's absolutely killing it. I'm yeah. well, really jealous of him. <laughs> yeah, it's just one of them things. I mean, it's just one of them. It's just almost right place, right time, and when it's the right thing to do, it's the right thing. And if it's not, it's you know, worst case scenario, you've got it. You know, you've got it to drink at home, like you say, aren't you? It's just yeah, yeah. You can't, you can't, mm-hmm. especially when again, when the world's as hostile and the industry's as hostile as it is, and there's still, you know, there are still brewers yeah. shutting. Sadly, Have you less... the, the change in the shop then with where the industry is, with less customers coming in, less web orders, or hundred percent, mate. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's changed so much. Is you know my, you know, coming in in August in twenty twenty, the height of the pandemic, really. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we had a product that everybody wanted. It was in demand. Sometimes beer wouldn't even make it out onto the shelf before. You know, a box of twenty four wouldn't even make it onto the shelf. It'd be out on 
you know, online people be coming in in a box to get delivered in the back. Yeah, I'll have it. I'll have it. I'll have it. You know, people right. easily spend you know hundred pound in one go on on beer because you know they didn't have yeah. a to spend oh, it yeah. on. <laughs> you know, even even me working there, I you know every week I'd probably spend thirty or forty quid and come away with it. You know, because yeah. Again, I'd, I'd I'd come to work, go home. I'd come to work, go home. You know, these people, you know, that yeah. were in shop were just staying at home because they were remote working. The 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 only point of contact yeah. they had was the shop. You know, so that's that's yeah. why they that's why they yeah, came yeah. out. Whereas now everything's changed. You know, we you know the shops adapted and evolved with it in terms of we've opened the bar, um, you know, to serve, yeah. you know, inside and out. Um, but yeah, massive even like through the bar. You know, we. We were trying to put as much crafty stuff on as we possibly could, you know, the stronger stuff, the dippers, yeah. the strong beers, everything weird and wacky. Whereas now, you know, like for example, the the um the 48 hour that you sent, that would fly yeah. out on the bar right now. You right. Know? So we've yeah. we've capped the bar at five percent because anything above five percent right. really? does, right. doesn't seem to sell. So you split that to two years ago. Nobody would buy anything less than five percent with the, the way the, the no. way the scene was. But uh, mm-hmm. and again, because everyone was at home, you know, if you had three dippers sat on your ass at home, it, it didn't matter. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Whereas if you were going out, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, now we've all got to go and go to work again. <laughs> well, well, this is it, and you know, it's you know, is a is a sort of a having a commercial eye on it, but realistically, you want somebody to sit and drink three or four pints rather than saying we'll have two abs and then disappear and go somewhere else because it doesn't make yeah financial sense for him to do that because there's only so many people in the world that will come and have a half of a dipper a third of a dipper or a third of a 14 percent stout you know there's some cracking yeah, yeah. you know some cracking beers and stouts out there you know we use um abaddon by tartar as an example I love jack's beers right. the brewery we stock it in the shop and it flies out and we had his we've had two of his beers and we've had his two pails on that have been sort of sub five percent which he's not known for if we put a badden on the bar, we'll probably sit on it for a couple of months, two or three months, because we don't have that many customers that are wanting to come and have a 17 percent stout. Because, yes. You know, they'll have it in a half or a third, and it it just doesn't stack up to sit doesn't, there yeah. no. having a having a line dedicated to that beer that might sit there. Whereas I know we've put a beer on did I put it on yesterday? Wednesday? It might, Wednesday it might have been and it's sold out tonight whilst mm. I've not been here because I, I see what's going on at shop on my phone I get alerts and we're on uh, Real Ale Finder the pub listing app and that, yeah. that, cha- that changed this evening and that was from Horsworth that was a 4 4.8% New England pale I think so you know a third right. keg has lasted you know less than two days you know because mm-hmm. especially in this weather everybody just wants something easy I mean obviously there's the the fact that one of the bars in town has sadly closed last week. So you might say we've got right. volume and traffic coming our way, but yeah, people are still want, they even noticed a shift when we've spoken to them before that they had put some, you know, high stuff on, but they said people are just wanting sessionable stuff, just want pints. They just want to come yeah. in and have three or four pints of probably the same thing, you know, the same beer. Um, yeah. Just sessionable, smashable beers. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that mm-hmm. we're at the, at the point and the time now where there's so many accomplished brewers out there, the the means to make tasty low percentage beers is more than achievable. And I don't know if you've had anything by Turning Point uh, Brewery or based in Nairsborough. Uh, yeah, I had quite a few from them. The Railway Brewery, yeah. But their session pails and IPAs 
are, are incredible. You know, they've, they've just been churning out since the start of this year, just yeah. churning lower percent. I, I ordered two today for, for next week just to, just to get them in because every, mm. every time we put them on, they just they just go, they just disappear. Right. Mm. You just, you just have to. Point the one. They're the ones they named the beers after Peep Show Cups yes. and the TV show Peep Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the yeah, yeah, that's them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, you have to you have to move with 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 the sort of the trends of the industry, and thankfully we are quite flexible yeah. that we we can do that. And I can. It's definitely a theme of going from like more ABV beers now. Um, even I, I brewed that three and a half percent New England pale, but then. Chris Heron in our homebrew club, he's managed to brew a 0.6% hazy IPA on a on a grandfather homebrew kit. Wow. And it's it's absolutely phenomenal. Like mm. you if I, I wouldn't have said that was a less than one percent beer tasting it, you know what I mean? That's what you can do at a homebrew scale. So Yeah. Yeah, it, it's crazy. I think the it's not easy, but it's easier no. to make good beer. Either commercially or on a smaller scale than it than it ever has been before, and I think, like you yeah, say, there's this vast database of information that is so openly shared between people. It's online, mm-hmm. verbal, written, whatever. And I don't think in any other industry really you'd find it. You know, because if you think, no, I mean, I, you get a reason send a beer out and they'll publish the re- publish the recipe as well in mm-hmm. certain scale and down on real scale. Like you said, what you touched on, there's no other industry was people give away that information, how they make their product, would they? No, because it's just protection of their assets. And even if you look at the, you know, the bigger side of the industry, you know, the, the big macro companies, you know, the if one comes out and says, right, I've cracked a, like say, a 0.8% beer, so it doesn't have to be 0%, and it's slightly over 0.5, but it tastes exactly like our signature 5% beer. They're not going to go shouting yeah. out and saying... It, it is how we've done it because why why would they yeah yeah why would they mm. whereas in this world it's it's almost the opposite they're not trying to take the market share they're trying to make the market bigger to make it easier it's to share it the market, yeah, out. yeah. Mm-hmm. and it yeah. is you know i think we me because me and james um at the, at the shop at yorkshire craft beers was his business partner yeah. i think we'd either shared something about the the market tap or another business in town and it's like why are we doing that it's competition yeah. i mean it's like well it's not it's not competition because the like i said the market tap now is that this is the bar that's sadly closed it's it's critical mass you know you put four bars in town. The, more, the more the more crappy your bars you have in your bar the more an industry you're going to have locally for yeah. you, you, you put as your customers you know what i mean yeah but you see it all the time well not necessarily in middlesbrough where i'm from but in like your Leeds, your Manchester, you'll have tap rooms open up next door to each other. Mm. In northern industry, would you see that where they want to open up next door to a competitor? Mm. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Because you know, a couple of pints in one tap room, move on to the next one and just work your way across. Well, that's it. And like you say, your big cities like your Leeds, your Manchester, your Sheffields, Yorks, wherever, mm. there's literally probably about 20 different like trails or guides or maps for well, we can go do this, we can go do that. And, you know, there's ones yeah. around the outskirts, there's ones at city centre, there's one at train station, one at bus station. And these are more your real ale pubs, these are more your craft beer places, these are your bars, these mm-hmm. are your breweries, these are your tap rooms. And, you know, like I say, there's the more 
reason for people to go out somewhere, the better. You know, the the more oh, foot, yeah. the more footfall mm-hmm. there is in one given location, the higher the chance there is that someone will accidentally find you and go, oh, I didn't know you were here. Or what do you guys do? Yeah. Like, I don't like craft beer. I've never had craft beer before and blah, blah, blah. And that's where, you know, but, you know, Castleford notoriously is, you know, it's a low income town. It's not, it's not, a you know, notoriously a reputable place to be, you know, massive, mm. you know, it's got a weather spoons and, you know, pubs that will literally have probably your same four or five products on. You've probably got Guinness, Guinness. Carlin Foster's, Stella, you know, Beer Moretti, yeah, yeah. Peroni, Madri, mm. whatever. But you do find the occasional person that comes in and says, what have you got? And uh, what we treat as our house lager is Heresy by Abbeydale in Sheffield, which is... Yeah, probably, I had them. Yeah, yeah. It's probably a bit nice more... Career. Yeah, it's probably a bit more akin to um, like a Pilsner, for example. And you give them that. Yeah. Oh, that's really nice, that. And then they come back because, the, you know, albeit they're not going to drink the other five or six products you've got on. Yeah, they'll found... come back to that one bit. Yeah, you found mm-hmm. a lager they like that's not just the, the one that they go drinking exactly the same, you know, products yeah. and different It's different, different and <laughs> Yeah. Well, this is it. You know, mm-hmm. and it's, it's about education because some people would, you know, places would laugh people out the door or, you know, judge them for that. But, you know, we have people come in and say, do you, you know, do you have Stella? Do you have, you know, do you have cause? Do you have whatever? And you say, no, but we've got this. And then it's the, you can try a bit of this, you can try a bit of that and blah, blah, blah. Because, yeah, yeah. you know, some people see craft beer and they just run in the opposite direction. You know, if, if it's something they don't know or understand, then... Yeah, and I think you've got to kind of work them in as well. You can't just throw them in at the deep end. You've got to throw them in with like a, a 4% pale or, mm. you know, baby stepped into it. And obviously you work at an independent can shop, but if someone said to me, someone had only ever drank Carlin Foster's or whatever and said, I want to try craft beer, I would tell them to just go and buy, dare I say it, go and buy some brew dog or some vocation, you know, some yeah. supermarket craft. Because you don't want to just throw them in a the deep end and scare them away with an empty stout with triple IPA or, you know, something like, even a strong West Coast. Yeah, 100%. No, mm. true. It's one of them things because we see, you know, like supermarket beer and everyone's like, oh, supermarket beer. It's like we don't have, a problem with supermarket beer per se because like you say you'll go into supermarkets you'll have your your punk ipas your hazy jane's your vocation yeah. life and death northern monk faith pinata mm-hmm. transmission sputnik by north etc etc but that person eventually gets to a ceiling where they're like i've had that well no. yeah mm-hmm. and yes they might get new products in in six months time Mm-hmm. Sort of ordering from the brewery direct, the next logical step would be to come somewhere like an independent bottle shop online or in person and say, exactly. Well, this is what I like. Yeah. And you know, even just you know, somebody came in to buy some stuff for Father's Day this weekend and they said, Oh, that he likes Hazy Jane Brewdog, right? Brilliant, that gives me a steer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they like Hazy Jane, they'll like this. If they like Life and Death mm-hmm. by Vocation, well, that's a bit more West Coasty, so they'll like. This, yeah, you know yeah. I mean? so it gives them yeah. it gives us a steer to point them in the right, the right direction, something they'll enjoy. Whwhereas, if you know, like if a, if a brewery is putting bespoke specialist stuff in supermarkets, that's where I kind of be like, are people going for a 12 cent stout to Tesco's, Morrison's, wherever? Yeah, I know, probably I know. not, you know, but like, say, you're doing a big shop, and I'm like, oh, what's that? If they do release it in Tesco, yeah, well, that's a, there is an upside of being. Having the supermarket craft, if you will, because it might just turn someone's head who generally just drinks your Madri or your 
Exactly. You know, you can't, and I might see some craft cans and what's that about and buy a few cans, get some into it, and then you end up in the shops like set up where you work and just snowballs from there for them. Yeah, well, this is it. And I think, in so, you know, if you're going to take any positive out of the COVID situation, I think because the shelves yeah. in supermarkets got absolutely ransacked and were barren, and then the, yeah. craft, the craft shelves were still full. And then it's like oh. people, are going to, <laughs> people are going to booze, booze section and be like, there's nothing. Well, what's all that over there? And then it's like, yeah. well, go find. And even if they go from, like you say, drinking the mainstream lagers to then, well, they go to Camden Hells, they go to Pilsner or Quell, then they go to like Coriv by St. Hostel or Lost Lager yeah. by Brewdog. They start on the lagers, then they go from, well, that's a Brewdog. And then they were in the Pils, the yeah. IPAs and, This yeah. is it. You know, you mm-hmm. see different names and different breweries. Well, that's that brewery. That's that brewery. What else do they do? And, and it just people start to get a bit more experimental and a bit, you know, not being as safe. And some people do just like the same thing again. And, that, and that's absolutely fine. You know, there's room in this yeah. world for mainstream beer, craft beer, oh, of course, yeah. everything in between. But mm. some people want something different. And if there's any way that they can, and at the end of the day, the one, one thing I say is that these breweries are businesses. And if they have to sell beer to supermarkets to survive, then fine and ultimately if they didn't yeah. want to be in the supermarket or didn't need to be in the supermarket they wouldn't be there yeah true yeah they, they have a you know they might not have a choice but no one else is coming and saying well we've got 300 stores nationwide we'll take 20,000 cans off you no independent bottle mm-hmm. shop up and down the country are collectively saying in one order I'll take 20,000 units off you it, it just no exactly. it just, it just doesn't, doesn't happen. happen it just doesn't happen <laughs> you know and that that might be a 80p a can, but again, it's of a X amount of cans. It it makes money, you know, and that you, you can't yeah, blame. Well, I think that's one of the yeah. things that people don't appreciate sometimes is that these these breweries are businesses. They don't just make beer for the fun of it, and after you make a bit of money, we'll make a bit of money. You know, it, yeah, yeah. It's not like that. They they have to. It's a business, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, they have to earn the crust, mm. and they have to pay. They have to pay people wages. Unfortunately, it's uh, mm. yeah, it's it's not as uh, it's not always as safe and as nice in uh, in this world as what people sometimes think. But mostly it is. Mostly it is. But yeah, yeah. But yeah, I saw your post the other day when you thought um, that brew dog stout was it the you put it on your page. You said you don't. Was it? Um, have a look on your Instagram. Well, the brew dog marshmallow one. Oh Just yeah, you but... said it was it. Yeah, yeah. My um, well, it's like my dad. He he um, he got that, and I had it. At, um, oh, was it your dad's bit? Sorry, mixed well, up. well yeah, he, I drank. I I posted a picture of it, but I had it with him. Um, but he got right. it from um, he got it from a discount beer place down road. Um, right. And I had it, and, and it was it's so sweet, ridiculously sweet. But I really liked it because yeah, it was really yeah. sweet. It didn't taste anything like. Mm-hmm. You know, probably like what, a stout. Stout, what a stout does. But... Again, it's like a typical bargain booze shop. You have a car and drink, they might walk past, see that for a pound or whatever it was on, on sale, and think, oh, I'll try that. You know, and it might get them into it that way. Yeah, yeah. So this is it, you know, and, you know, issues a brew dog to, to one side, you know, because obviously everything that came out yeah. with, with James Watt, but I still think there's a place for him in, in the market, you know, and I think there's still a place for. We, we went... Then we wouldn't be sat here talking now, to be honest. Well, this is it, and ultimately, you know, you can argue to death about the things that happened and and etc., which I'm not condoning in any way, shape, or form. No, no. no. If it was a choice between somebody drinking a mainstream product 
or Brewdog, which is still considered, you know, quote unquote, a craft product, would you rather them be in our small pond than the big macro pond where they're never going to try anything else? Well, if they're drinking Brewdog, yeah. at least they're drinking something crafty. Something in our than, world kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, rather than drinking something that's mass produced. And it's even the same of, you know, when, like when Magic Rock were owned by Lion and like Camden, you know, mm. like saying with them and, you know, other ones that are macro owned, at least it's something different and crafty and it might <laughs> lead them onto other things rather than just drinking the same thing. Yeah, exactly. And again, at least they've got the interest mm. to go try something that they might go then, well, I'll try another beer by a different brewery that's not... Yeah. You know, because most people, you know, again, I, I don't sort of want to get into the technicality, but a lot of people don't care about who it's owned by. You know, most no, people they don't, aren't, no. most people aren't looking at is it independent who owns it, is it family run and da da da. You know, the average consumer, the mass market consumer, doesn't doesn't care. Does it taste like how much does it cost? Yeah, <laughs> is the main thing. Yeah. You know, if if you look at the explosion of Madri recently in last year or so, Madri has just exploded everywhere. Oh, it's every pub you're going every mainstream pub, isn't it? Yeah, but it's Molson Coors. It's it is it's owned by Molson Coors. It's brewed in Burton on Trent, but it's advertised as a Spanish. Yeah, virus. yeah. But people, people don't yeah. know that. They don't care, you know, because it's got a vaguely no. exotic and foreign name brand. Oh, it's a Spanish lager. Da, da, da. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's literally brewed in, in, in Midlands. Do you know what I mean? It's literally... Yeah, yeah, there's nothing exotic about it. <laughs> yeah, but people aren't bothered. You know, it could be a reskinned no. cause. It could be a reskinned whatever, you know, but they, they yeah. don't bother. You know, they... they Even like Stella tried to move it. The, if you were the craft world with it, Stella unfiltered. Mm. You know, they, yeah. they advertise it hazy. It's not here. It's, I'm going to go out on a limb. I've had it. It's not that bad. Yeah. I, I wouldn't go out and buy it, mind, but I've been given one and it's not that bad. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, this... it's definitely better than the original style, which is just like pain stripper. But... Yeah, yeah. Well, so it's, if we don't take all the flavour out of it, it's actually not that bad. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. You know, if we, yeah. If we don't, like say, if we don't strip, we don't strip it to bare bones, it's actually yeah. not, not a bad bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not saying I'm going to go out and buy a 24-pack. I'm just saying, if you get offered one, don't be scared of it. It's not yeah. too bad. Yeah, this is it, isn't it? But, yeah, it's yeah. there's so many different things in this world that I think people get caught mm -hmm. up on and hit up about that, you know, ultimately people like what they like. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. And you can't convert everyone's craft beer as much as we'd love to try. Um, yeah. You know, and, and there's space for big beer out there. You know, without big beer, we don't have small beer. You know, if you look at all the... Mm -hmm. You know the science and the technology that big beer brings with it that filters down to small craft breweries and makes the equipment more accessible and the research more accessible, etc. We we wouldn't yeah. have what we've got now, you know. So it's there are there are things that we need to be thankful for, and it's not always just evil big companies and no, you know, mm -hmm. they, they do try and squeeze smaller people out and have market share, but that's just. That's every industry. It just happens in every industry, unfortunately, doesn't it? So yeah, yeah exactly, mate, exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think before we get too bogged down in going into a, a political podcast, yeah, uh, <laughs> I think we, I think we've pretty much done uh, done everything to death there before we start uh, getting on the soapboxes and trying to change the world, mate. But um, <laughs> yeah, that 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 black IPA is, it, it's fantastic. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, got the IPA. I knew yeah. he's got a sweet pocket of black, so soon the new was brewing it. So I'll post you some. 
Yeah. 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 No. Look like this time. Yeah. Well, that's it. I'm glad it's coming intact and in one piece, both of them, and been able to enjoy them. It's no, I, uh, I, uh, I really, really appreciate it, mate. That's um, I've got some of that left. So once we record, I've got to, I've got to go see to the to the pots in the kitchen when I finish recording. So I think that's going to be. Yeah. Uh, that's going to uh, keep me going. That'll keep that'll fuel me through <laughs> that. I think, mate. So yeah, thank you for that. Um, no, you're welcome. But no, but James, before we uh, before we do wrap up, um, for anyone that's yeah. that's listening, where can uh, where can people keep up to date what's going on with uh, with Fox Brewing? Uh, Instagram Fox Brewing on Instagram. Um, also, we've just set up an Instagram page for the Teesside Homebrew Club. We just simply Teesside two S's Teesside Homebrew Club. And there's a, there's a link on there to the Facebook page. So as anyone walk up the area is listening, um, just click on there. You'll see we've got monthly meetups. Um, we're all a friendly bunch. Come down. Literally, just like we've done, we just drink beer and talk about beer on the monthly meetup. Amazing. What what more could you possibly want, mate? What more do you need? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, mate. Well, no, well, thank you for, for sending the beer. Thank you for joining, mate. And anyone's listening, please do go yeah, check out. Yeah, no, you're welcome, mate. Check out the Fox Brewing page. Highly recommend it. Check out the Teesside Homebrew Club, mate. And we'll um, we'll speak very, very soon, hopefully. Yeah.